Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, being joined, as I always am, by my better half, uh, Jamie D'Amico, my esteemed colleague, co-host here on the pod. Jamie, I got a question for you, buddy. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I've got a question for you, too, but go ahead. We've been doing this podcast for a long time. I've had season tickets for 15, no, 16 years. It's been a long time going to the stadium. This is, it never gets old talking playoff football and the fact that our Buffalo Bills are hosting a playoff game for the third year in a row. If you had told younger John Boccasino that fact during the drought era, I would have said, pass me some of that wacky tobacco. <laughs> So your your question is basically, does this feel surreal to me? It, it it does. Does does it feel surreal to you? Because for me, it's still it never gets old. Like I will never be one of those. And and I'm I'm bouncing all over the place here uh, on Bill Eve, and we welcome. We're going to preview the wild card game on Sunday. But I just I'm like a kid in a candy shop. The playoffs are here. The Bills are starting at home. Bring it on, buddy. Oh my gosh, yes, and. I have to tell you that I'm not exactly sure that I'm feeling, I don't know, like like it's surreal uh, per se, because five years of the McBean administration, this is a good organization. And I am now at the point where these are my expectations. If the Bills were to miss the playoffs, something would have had to go horrifically wrong for that to happen. And nothing went well. <laughs> I mean, okay, yes, we had something go horrifically wrong, but you know, it, it appears that Demar Hamlin has left the hospital and is going to be okay. But when it comes to the season itself, things would have had to fall apart in a way that I don't think they possibly could. So, yes, this is exactly where the Buffalo Bills should be. It's where I expected them to be, and you know what? Super Bowl or bust, right? That's what people are saying. I would have loved to have a bye this weekend uh, and be the number one seed, obviously. But sure. I take some solace in the fact that the last two years, the Super Bowl winner played and won on wild card weekend mm -hmm. with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Chiefs two years ago. And then the Rams knocking off the Cincinnati Bengals in last year's game. So I think there's something to be said for the momentum and and building up and you know sometimes you see those teams and plus home field advantage isn't all that it's cracked up to be over the last 4 years my crack research team and by that I mean me myself and I uh did a little research in the playoffs and Jamie over the last 4 playoffs the home team has only won 4 more games then the road team, it's 24 to 20. So it's not that big of a discrepancy as we used to see as kids growing up with home field advantage mm -hmm. really ruling supreme. Yeah, it, it's absolutely true. And there was an argument for a while that Josh Allen was, in fact, playing better on the road. So, yeah, maybe it maybe it doesn't matter. 
However, we as fans, we want the home game, baby. Oh, we do. I want a home game this week. I want a home game next week. Um, And then obviously they announced if the Bills keep winning uh, that a neutral site game, if it is Kansas City, the Bills could obviously still host the AFC championship game. If for some shocker, the winner of the Chargers Jaguars game um, or if Baltimore knocks off Cincinnati, uh, it would be the Ravens. If one of them could end Patrick Mahomes' season, I would send them a, a lovely fruit basket yeah. and uh, some Buffalo trace of their choice. But, you know, if it does come down to Bill's Chiefs, it's going to be in Atlanta. Uh, the news came out earlier today, which uh, is interesting for a neutral site AFC title game. But we have to get through one game at a time. And I hate that cliche. But, Jamie, I want to start off our podcast with this topic. And it's something I've seen a lot of commentary on Twitter about. And I it really it grinds my gears, so to say. I've seen a lot of people talking about the Bills essentially have a bye week this week with Skylar Thompson starting in place of Tua Tungavailoa, who's out with his third concussion. I mean, second documented concussion, but we all know it's his third one because there ain't no way in hell he had a back injury when Matt Milano slammed him. to He might have hurt his back, but his bell got rung for sure. Um, But I've seen a lot of people taking the Dolphins for granted, and I'm not one of them because even though – the Dolphins offense is a lot less scary and intimidating without Tua. This is still a team that does a lot of things well that could frustrate the Bills on Sunday, mostly with their great edge rush and pass rushing abilities led by Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins. And they don't give up a lot on the ground uh, to opposing running backs. So it might be the Miami's third string quarterback, but this is still a playoff game. So I am not somebody who's counting my chickens before they hatch. Well, that's smart. Okay. And I think that Melvin Ingram is signing contracts based on who is going to be playing the Buffalo Bills because he always seems to play well against them. So he's someone else you have to worry about. And Miami, the the injuries have not hit their defensive line the way they've hit their offensive line. But let's talk about those injuries for a moment. Out is Tua. Out is Raheem Mostert, their running back who tore the Bills up the last time that they played. Either questionable or doubtful, then, is left tackle Taron Armstead, left guard Liam Eckenberg, and Brandon Schell, their right tackle. That's three-fifths of their offensive line who are at minimum hobbled, you have to be able to score points in order to win in the NFL. And I am more confident that Josh Allen and company can put up points up against that good Miami defense. And, you know, it's not just their defensive front. Their defensive backs are good, led by Xavier Howard. Javon Holland has been outstanding against the Bills in a couple of different games. But... If you have Skylar Thompson or even Teddy Bridgewater that can't throw more than 15 yards downfield, I understand that their wide receivers can take a screen and go the distance of the field for a touchdown. However, if I'm rolling the dice, I say this is a a Bills win, hands down, and then we just have to listen to the Miami Dolphins complain 
about the injuries and how that's the reason they lost the game for the rest of the offseason. You know, it's interesting you start off with um, the injury list of the offensive line because at one point in the week, and it still could be the case on Sunday, but at one point the Dolphins' entire starting offensive line was questionable or doubtful for the game. And I don't know, I I hope we don't see Taron Armstead because he's a very solid member of their offensive line. I hope we do see Brandon Shell because the last time we saw Brandon Shell, Greg Rousseau made absolute quick work of him. And I want to run through something um, on Greg Rousseau in that game um, that he had, because again, the dolphins are banged up on the offensive line. And I think they have a lot of players that will be missing uh, the action uh, on, on Sunday. Again, uh, Teron Armstead, Taron Armstead um, has four injury designations He's questionable. Like you said, starting left guard, Liam Eichenberg is doubtful. Right tackle, Brandon Shell is questionable. And by the way, if I may jump in there, um, Brandon Shell is subbing for Austin Jackson, who is their very good right tackle, who's on injured reserve yeah. right now. Yep. So he's their backup. Uh, and he played like a backup because yep. back in week 15, uh, when the Bills hosted the Dolphins in that snow globe game, on 25 pass rushing snaps, Greg Rousseau made Shell look like he was a JV going up against the varsity. He just got after and made life miserable uh, for Tua and for the Dolphins in the backfield. So if Shell does, you know, happen to be the starter, he's going to have his hands full with Greg Rousseau. And by the way, Ed Oliver is really rounding into form too, given the Bills what they were hoping they would see when they drafted mm-hmm. him. A high in the first round a couple of years ago. So a banged up offensive line for the Dolphins equals salivation for the Buffalo Bills front seven and front four, because I think they're going to really be able to uh, to disrupt the passing game. But Jamie, you mentioned earlier Raheem Mostert uh, being out, and he's obviously a very capable, very talented back, somebody who ran wild against Buffalo uh, in the December game. But don't discount the Dolphins run game without Mostert because Jeff Wilson mm-hmm. still is a very talented back and an unheralded guy who I'd never even heard of until he had a long run against Buffalo in December. Savion Ahmed uh, is a pretty solid change of pace back too, but Wilson's really the one mm-hmm. you want to watch. Are what makes what makes you worried about the Dolphins offense? Um do you do you see them going with a pretty run heavy script or do you think it's going to be they're going to trust in Waddle and Hill and let Skylar Thompson try to air it out. Well, I think it has to be run heavy and it has to be a little bit gadget because I don't think you want to turn loose your late round rookie draft pick. Now, as you had mentioned, uh, Jeff Wilson, he's averaging almost five yards a carry. So he's like you said, he's no slouch uh, uh, on that front. But I think what the Dolphins are going to do on offense is they're going to take a look at what the Bills' tendencies are on defense and really try to exploit that. I was looking at some film that was put up uh, by Cover One this past week, and they were showing that the Bills' tendency when there is jet sweep motion is to drop into a Cover Three. Well, the Dolphins, they were showing the last time, were exploiting that. And I think you'll see more of that kind of thing happen because, let's face it, their head coach, Mike McDaniel, is a pretty darn good offensive mind. I know he's weird. I know he's quirky. I know people don't like the way he looks and all that other stuff. But, dude, it's his first year coaching or first year as a head coach. 
and the Dolphins are in the playoffs. Not bad. Anyway, you're going to see them scheme some things up, and they're going to try to make it easy for Skylar Thompson to get the ball into the hands of his playmakers. And those playmakers are Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and they are fast, and they are quick. And they are guys, like I said a few minutes ago, from anywhere on the field can take it to the house. And we even saw that. We saw Jalen Waddell just burn Trey White in the last game. Thankfully for the Bills defense, Trey White is rounding more into form of being the player that he was pre-ACL. He's still not 100% back, I don't think, but he's a lot closer than he was earlier in the season. I think this is a good challenge for the entire Buffalo secondary. I feel like this is really... It, it is a warm-up game in a sense that, you know, the Bills are favored by 13 points. Um, they're not going to take anybody lightly, but this is a good chance for the Bills to show and Leslie Frazier to show that they've learned from the warts that have troubled this team in the past. And that's those quick screens, those gadget plays, because even though Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle are banged up a little bit and they're uh, they're nursing some injuries, they're both fully expected to play on Sunday. So it's going to be curious to see what Buffalo does, you know, to try to take away those weapons. And, you know, I, I speaking of weapons, I want to talk a little bit. There is a great article that um, our very own scarecrow put out on Buffalo rumblings great. to, to be, to be the contrarian here, to be the devil's advocate of everyone, you know, saying that Miami is going to go run heavy, which I still expect them to be more run than pass. But with the weapons that they have, there's an eerie similarity to this game and a game that uh, the Bills fans will recall from a couple of years ago, the Matt Barkley offensive game when Buffalo put up, I believe it was 47 points on the uh, the New York Jets. Yeah. And the Jets didn't expect Barkley to do anything. They expected the Bills to run, run, run. And who would blame them when you run through the murderer's row of Bills weapons that day? You had Zay Jones, Kelvin Benjamin. Terrell Pryor, Robert Foster, my crush, who <laughs> is sadly fallen on his face, and Shady McCoy and Logan Thomas. All the Bills did that day was chuck bombs and be aggressive and do trick plays because they were playing with house money at two and seven on the year. The Bills really had nothing to lose. I think there's a lot of parallels to be made between Buffalo's offense that day and what the Dolphins could try to do on Sunday with one key difference. The Dolphins have a lot more skill position players than the Bills did that day. So let's not, let's 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 halt the, the presses and, and slam the brakes on the fact that this is going to be a conservative Dolphins offense, because I think the only way they can win this game is if their offense clicks on a bunch of big plays or the Bills give up a bunch of bombs to Hill and Waddle. So let's talk about Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson is somebody who, if you didn't know who he was before this game, well, now you know, because obviously that's who the Bills are going to be facing. Most likely, I mean, it still seems like it's going to be Thompson over Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but Skylar Thompson was a, a pretty talented quarterback at Kansas State, and he put up some pretty prolific numbers uh, as a college quarterback who was picked in the seventh round by the Dolphins. I think to dismiss Skylar Thompson even though rookies do not do well in the playoffs, I think going back to 1980, rookie quarterbacks are nine and 19 in the playoffs, but they've won some games. Joe Flacco was an unheralded rookie out of Delaware 
who led the Ravens to a Super Bowl uh, his rookie year. So Skylar Thompson, I'm not comparing him to Joe Flacco, but I'm saying with the wild card, not a lot of tape on him. What do you think he's going to try to do besides gadget plays? Like what else concerns you about what Skylar Thompson brings to this offense? Okay, full full disclosure. I know very little about Skylar Thompson. I know his statistics. I know his QBR. I, you know, okay, so he's completed 57% of his throws. I've seen a couple of highlights from his Kansas State days where he's made some really good throws. He's got a bit of an arm on him. But you have to do what offensive coordinators do with inexperienced players, which is make it easy on them. They're going to give him one read. And if that's not there, tell him to get rid of the ball or take off running with it. Like, that that's what you have to do. It, it's going to have to be like one step, two steps throw. Like, you just, that's how, that's how you get the guy into a rhythm, right? And anything short of that is, is malpractice if you're an offensive coordinator. You're going to get him rolling out, only reading half the field. This, these are the things that you do with somebody who's inexperienced and the Bills offense can be, I'm sorry, the Bills defense can be run on and they're going to have to try to establish that so that they can do the play actions so that they can get him rolling out, looking at only half the field and oh, by the way, those receivers can get behind the defense probably, you know, with a, a, a pretty good success rate. But that's how they're going to go about it. One read and run half the field, get the ball out of his hands fast, make sure he doesn't get hit. You could see some success that way. And I think one advantage, and and Jamie, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but I thought it's, this, this might be my protective nature. It's almost like what Bill Belichick used to do with press conferences where you would hype up and be like, Boy, we're playing the Bears this week, and Rex Grossman is just the most accurate <laughs> passer I've ever seen in the pocket. I mean, I want to give Bills fans some insights into Skylar Thompson, who the Bills will be taking on along with the Dolphins on Sunday. And I think that one of the things that you can rest easy about is he's not the most accurate passer. He definitely does not have a strong arm. Now, granted, the winds will be minimal on Sunday. It's looking like a 33-degree temperature at kickoff, sunny and very minimal winds. So he's not going to have that biting Orchard Park wind to throw through, but he is not an accurate deep ball thrower. He has underthrown Tyreek Hill on a lot of his 10 to 15 yard routes. He has one touchdown, three picks on the year. He doesn't take a lot of sacks. That's one of his uh, redeeming. He gets the ball out quick, uh, like we talked about, but I feel like it's just, maybe it's again, a preventative reaction of mine to say, okay, let's talk about what Scott, what Thompson does well, because we know that the Dolphins have those playmakers. And now it's up to Leslie Frazier to slow him, slow down this offense. And I think the key is going to be the bills are expected to boat race these Dolphins. Hmm. I do not want to see the Dolphins get fluky or lucky with an early score, a deep play, or whether Tyree kill, you know, breaks one out. In fact, I'm all for bumping the crap out of Tyree kill, you know, after five yards, hit him, chip him, make him feel your presence because the times he makes Buffalo pay is when he goes unmolested down the mm-hmm. field or not checked by one of the linebackers. So I think it's really going to be a big challenge for Buffalo's defense to just take the wind 
out of Miami's sails from the get-go. If the Bills lose the toss and they get the ball first, march downfield and score. If they give up, if the Bills give the ball to Miami first, getting them three and out early on and then go downfield and just punch this team in the face repeatedly. Is that too much to ask for, Jamie? Uh, no, not too much to ask. It may be, <laughs> may be easier said than done, but the thing is, Bill's defense gives up early touchdowns. I, I wish I had this stat in front of me, but in the first quarter, the Bills give up far more touchdowns than any other. They're clearly a team that lives off of the adjustments. They come in with a game plan. It doesn't work. They fix it. It's just kind of how they do it. You don't want to give up a, a, a quick score to these folks. You want to make them one-dimensional. You make them one-dimensional, you make him have to throw it downfield. Well, okay, now you're playing into the Bills' hands because they love playing shell coverages where they keep everything in front of them on third and long and they make the tackles. But like you said about uh, bumping Tyreek Hill going down the field, well, this is a real thing. And my observation of the NFL this year is they are allowing a lot more grabbing and hand-checking down the field by defensive backs than they have in recent years. That plays to the Bills' advantage because really that's what Kyer Elam does, and that's what Trey White has been doing as he's coming back from his uh, from his injury. And I know people complain about Sauce Gardner doing it, but our defensive backs do it too. They get called for it more often than Sauce does, but also I don't think they can move their feet the way Sauce does. Anyway... Advantage Buffalo when it comes to how the refs are likely to call this. And I think, Jamie, I'm glad you brought up again, we're talking about the physicality of the defense. And I think you you can expect a pretty similar script to what Leslie Frazier did when trying to neutralize Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in that week 15 matchup where you're going to see Trey White shadowing Waddle for most of the game. And they're relying on help over the top. Uh, help in that shell cover scheme, whether it's Dane Jackson, Kair Elam as the corner and dropping Jordan Poyer, dropping one of the safeties, having Taron Johnson uh, as help over the top two, because the Bills did a great job in neutralizing to some extent those weapons in week 15. I think you can see a similar blueprint when it comes to how Buffalo's defense attacks a very talented wide receiver duo of Hill and Waddle, uh, along with the unheralded Skylar Thompson, the seventh router out of Kansas state, definitely not an advantage for Miami's offense going up against the bills defense that is rounding into form uh, at just the right time, especially with cracking down on some of the issues with the run defense. That's going to be another big issue. And with the dolphins being banged up on O-line, the Bills should have the advantage when it comes to slowing down the run game and getting pressure on Thompson. Let's switch over to the other side of the field, Jamie, when it comes to this preview here on Believe with the Bills taking on the Dolphins. It's the rubber match going to the playoffs. Third straight year, the Bills have won the AFC East. That earns them the right to host a playoff game. And Josh Allen has really made the Dolphins uh, recognize that he is their daddy uh, during mm. his uh, his young NFL career. What are you expecting from Josh Allen uh, and Buffalo's offense when it comes to, again, a very good Dolphins defense. They still have, like we said earlier, their pass rush is elite with Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, 
uh, Bradley Chubb, um, Melvin Ingram. You know, there's a lot of talent on that front four for the Dolphins. So what's Buffalo going to have to do to neutralize the talented pass rushers of Miami? The best way to overcome a talented pass rush is by running the ball successfully. And I got to tell you, the Bills' offensive line finally looks like it's rounding into run-blocking form. And James Cook, man, he is averaging the second most yards per carry in the NFL right now. Did you know that? I did not. I knew he was having success, but how high is he at with his yards per carry? Oh, I don't remember. Don't put me on the spot like that. (laughs) (laughs) You said that with such gusto that, you know, I thought you maybe had a a little note there, but buddy, you're right. I remember platitudes, not actual facts. (laughs) Well, Jamie, it's, I take that as, as some, some good compliments for you to give um, praise to the offensive line because we all know that you've been pretty down on this unit from the preseason. I got to tell you, after having a miserable midseason stretch, this offensive line is definitely um, coming into form. And Roger Saffold, I think, has put together two of his best games mm-hmm. in his build career uh, with the win over the Bears and the Patriots performance. I think this starting five is really starting to gain some momentum and some continuity. Well, it is. There was definitely a slump in the middle of the season by the tackles. Uh, Both Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown were not playing at their best, and they seem to be doing a little bit better now. Uh, By the way, James Cook is averaging 5.7 yards per carry. Uh, This is amongst running backs. Uh, I see you've got your crack research team working hard, too. Yeah, I sure do. (laughs) Um, But really, the one who's come around is the play of the right guard. What's his name? Ryan Bates. That's it. Thank you. I I keep getting Ryan. Don't call me Rick. Bates. I keep getting confused because of the whole Rick thing. (laughs) Also, this is my covid brain. I didn't tell you I've got covid. Oh, buddy. No, (laughs) I know. Way to bury the lead there while well, you're you're playing hurt, but you're st- so I can I can take you off the hook for not knowing that Cook was averaging 5.7 yards per rush. But you did mention he was number two in the NFL of late uh, in yards per carry. It's going to be tough, though, Jamie, tough sledding for this Bills run game uh, on offense because the Dolphins, one of the things they do extremely well is they stop the run and they limit the they explosive do. plays. And that's what has been Cook's bread and butter over the last couple of weeks, while Singletary kind of kills you with a middle million little paper cuts, Cook is the guy who can take it to the house. So are you, what do you think is going to win this matchup? The immovable uh, object of the B- Dolphins run defense or the strong force of my of Buffalo's run offense? Well, I think that you're going to see the Bills win this matchup because there's an X factor that no one else in the league has. It's Josh Allen. And clearly, you're not just going to do one thing all game. You're not just going to throw it. You're not just going to run the same running plays to James Cook. They've got to account for Josh Allen. So anytime he does an RPO, it's going to strain their defenders. And that's how the Bills are going to beat this Miami team. They're fast to the ball, but if you can get them flowing in the wrong direction, they're susceptible. And and along those lines of being susceptible, Jamie, I know we gave a lot of praise to Miami's corners, Xavier Howard. Um, I believe Mm -hmm. the Dolphins are down um, one of their corners and Keon Crossan might be starting at the opposite outside slot. And they, of course, have some decent safeties in Eric Rowe and Javon Holland. But 
Um, the Buffalo Bills, I think, are going to have an advantage when it comes to the safe, the cornerback role, because Stefan Diggs just terrorizes Miami. He's such a good mm-hmm. and he gets targeted so often in the red zone. I expect a touchdown from Allen to Diggs on Sunday. Um, Gabe Davis, as much as you want to plague him and 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 take him out back to the woodshed for the drops, you know, he is still a very capable, very good number two. And uh, I know Isaiah McKenzie being questionable hurts from the slot perspective, but the Bills have a lot of weapons, whether it's Cole Beasley they bring out there who they activated, uh, whether it's Khalil Shakir, the rookie. I think Buffalo is going to have its way in the passing game because the run game will have some success early on. And this, the fact that the, the, the Dolphins are down a little bit in the secondary, there's an undrafted rookie. I'm going to butcher his name. I think it's Cater... Kaho, Cater Kahu. Uh, he is Cater Ka, not going to matter on Sunday because I think Buffalo is going to have a really <laughs> nice. You like that? Oh, I love that. <laughs> we try to give you some. Humor. It was very trite. It was very petty. It was so perfect. It's perfect for our podcast, right? Trite, petty, and, and fun humor out there because the Bills have the <laughs> advantage, I think. And if Gabe Davis goes against the five foot 10 rookie, I think that Josh Allen's going to know exactly. Josh Allen, here's the thing. He has, I think he's, he's finally healthy. Like his arm is a hundred percent. And if you look at those two dimes that he threw last week, the one to John Brown and the one to Stefan Diggs, I challenge you to find more impressive on the run throws. So it's a scary thought for the dolphins that Josh is healthy. Finally uh, to take advantage of their secondary at the playoff matchup. I'm so glad you brought up those throws. They were such things of beauty. They're the the kinds of things that I dream about at night. It's like, you you know that meme where there's a couple laying in bed and the guy is laying there facing away from the woman and the woman looks really pissed off and it says, I'll bet you he's thinking about whatever. Um, That's like me and my wife, but I'm like, she's like, I'll bet you he's thinking about dot, dot, dot. And really it's me thinking about those two throws by Josh. Allen. (laughs) You know, that's, that's good because we don't want to promote any sorts of infidelity here on the believe podcast. And I do know that meme quite well. And who can blame you, Jamie, for, for thinking about and dreaming about those throws. They were clutch. They were just exactly what we want to see out of Josh Allen, who is going to have a, a, a fun day. I feel like at the old stadium on Sunday, taking on those Miami Dolphins. Uh, again, it's a playoff matchup. It's a wild card game. Jamie, I want to mention too, um, isn't it cool that this is the second year in a row now where Buffalo in the playoffs is going to be taking on a divisional rival? We hope that the outcome is the same or better as it was you know, last year. But I believe this is the fifth matchup all time of the Dolphins and the Bills in the playoffs. And it just brings me back to the hmm. Super Bowl era when Kelly and Marino mm-hmm. went out there. So I'm doing my own on-the-fly research here. The Bills and Dolphins met up in the divisional round in 1990. Buffalo won a shootout 44-34. to They met up in the conference championship in 92. Bills won 29-10 to on the road. They met up in the wild-card round in 95, eking out a 37-22 win over the Dolphins. And then the one loss, oh, that 1998 playoff, the wild card round Buffalo falls 24 to 17 to those dolphins. It's great to have the bills and dolphins meeting up in the playoffs. To me, that's such a cool rivalry. 
and taking it to the postseason mm-hmm. is a whole nother step. And the Bills have dominated that, which, you know, history is not, it's not an indicator of future performance in sports. You know, I, I know that that fallacy exists, but it doesn't. However, if we can keep this going, there's nothing more satisfying than ending the season of a divisional foe, just like the Bills did last week to New England. Oh, Jamie, if you could sell me a vial of Bill Belichick's tears that he cried after the playoff <laughs> loss and then after getting eliminated from the playoff race last year, I could do great things in this world with that because it sustained me. It's <laughs> so beautiful. Oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> so before we move on, I told you at the beginning that I have a question for you. Yes. We call that a tease in the business. Mm-hmm. So you referred to me as your better half when you were introducing me. And my question is, what? (laughs) Isn't that normally reserved for your spouse? Yes, 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 yes. My my lovely (laughs) wife is a thousand percent my better half. But on this podcast, I think one of the reasons I brought that up, Jamie, is because you... uh, you can keep me in line sometimes with my, you know, perspective and my opinions. And, you know, you, you can often be good at slamming on the brakes from being too much of the rose colored glasses. So there you go. You're kind of my more realistic side. Well, OK, yes, we balance each other out in that you're Homer and I am a, a, a pessimist. So, OK, yeah, maybe you got something. There. <laughs> I'm glad we could answer that burning. I, I was thinking, what's his burning question going to be? Is it going to be about <laughs> how Buffalo, you know, can can Naheem Hines take another one to the house or the special teams advantage? But no, that's a much better question to answer. I can take. Care no, of that it, it was simply is your lovely wife going to be upset with me because you said that? That's all I was wondering. <laughs> No, I think she'll be perfectly fine because, you know, you and I, buddy, we we have a history when it comes to this Bill Leave podcast. And again, it's it's so crazy to think that we're talking about another home playoff game. The Bills gearing up for a stretch run. And by the way, not that anyone in Buffalo needs any more motivation or reasons to love this team. But if you haven't read the article that Deion Dawkins penned um, talking about the situation in Cincinnati, the leadership that McDermott has shown this team and the fact that there's only one thing left for this team to do win the whole damn thing. It all starts on Sunday. Give me your prediction, Jamie. What do you see happening score wise in the wild card round? This is going to be a tight one, buddy. I'm looking at the bills winning this one. 31 28. Whoa. Okay. So you're, you're seeing a scrappy, resilient Dolphins team hanging around and the Bills only winning by three. Yeah, yeah. The Dolphins play the Bills tough. Now, granted, Tua has been very good in the games against the Bills. But I think that they're going to cook something up and they're not going to go down without a fight. This is a good Dolphins team. And don't take anything away from them. They would be in much better shape if Tua were starting. Let's address this for a moment. I know that the whole Tua sucks thing is is a fun thing out there on Twitter. He doesn't. He's good. But this is a third string quarterback that the Bills could be facing or Teddy Bridgewater, who he's a backup. You know, that's where he is in at this point in his career. But I see them playing extra hard because they don't have their guy behind center. And they're they're not going to let the Bills cakewalk this. Yeah, I mean, hey, look. I I'm not someone who 
is into placing money on point spreads. This is a really large spread. The Bills, I think, are 13 or 13 and a half point favorites. But all that matters is to get the W. So as long as Buffalo, you know, moves on, that's fine. However, I see Buffalo having a, an easier day of it, easier time of it um, than, than you do. Although, Jamie, I'll give you some credit, buddy. Um, the victory, the, the margin of victory right now for the Bills, this is the, uh, it would be the largest the Bills are favored in a playoff game in their team's franchise history. Did you know the game that it eclipsed for the previous record for Bills being favorites? No, I don't. The AFC title game in 1992 for the 91 season, the Bills were 11 and a half point favorites over John Elway and the Denver Broncos. And the Bills only won oh. that game by three points. So you might be onto something with your spread. Well, I got to tell you, in, while we're talking about spreads here, they're absolutely ridiculous this week for the playoffs. You've got the Bills favored by 13, the Niners by nine and a half, and the Bengals by nine. If I were a betting guy, I would put a parlay on the underdogs to cover. I think so. That's a valid move because it's so hard to blow somebody out. Although I will tell you this, Jamie, if since we're talking about other games for a minute here, if there's any upset that's going to happen in the NFL this weekend, I think it could be the Ravens over the Bengals. Hmm. Here's why. Even with the likelihood of a third string quarterback on the field. Well, I think Tyler Huntley is going to start that game unless I'm missing the latest information and they've ruled him out and, some dude named Anthony Brown who started uh, last week for them in the loss to Cincinnati. But the Bengals are down two starting offensive linemen, and that means Burrow's going to be under duress. The Ravens seem like they're built to stymie this Cincinnati offense. They have great corners. They have great safeties. And I think they can score just enough to eke out a victory over Cincinnati. If you if it happens, buddy, you can say you heard it here first on Bill Eve. Hmm. All right. Well, write it down, baby. Mark it down. And to to continue our predictions, I didn't end up giving you my uh, my score prediction there, but I will tell you that the Bills are going to win this one. I'm going to go 31-17. Dolphins get a late touchdown to make the score a little more respectable. Buffalo will move on and host another game in the divisional round. Bills fans, what do you think? We really this podcast is so much better when we get interaction and engagement on Twitter, Jamie is online at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Bacassino. We would love to get your thoughts on the wild card matchup and what you think you like and what concerns you heading into wild card Sunday for the bills. Jamie, as always, buddy, thank you for coming on for bringing it. Even though you've got COVID, uh, you had some strong takes today and uh, we appreciate your presence, buddy. Thank you very much for having me once again. Thank you for the support. Go Bills. Go Bills. Feel better. Get involved with us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. And we will be hopefully talking to you after a victory next week on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. 